Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. All right, take your Bibles this morning and uh, turn... I'm going, to be, I'm going to be in several places this morning. I'm going to be in Isaiah 55. I'm going to be in Matthew and John. I'm going to move you around uh, just a little bit. So as Brad mentioned, we are in kind of a 21-day emphasis on seeking God and seeking God's face. Last week, we had an emphasis on prayer. Uh, this week, our emphasis is on scripture reading, okay? We are created to be people of the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, uh, so this week, you know, I've got a couple things for you. Uh, I've got a couple of books, and I don't have a lot of them, but maybe you're new to the Bible. Maybe you read, and it just sometimes it doesn't make sense. I've got a few things for you. Number one is a little book called How to Study the Bible. It kind of will open up some things to you, kind of show you different ways to study. That's out at the guest services area. And the other one's called Know Your Bible. It, it's a little introductory, kind of uh, has an introduction to every book of the Bible to give you a little context for that. And I really think things like this can help kind of open the scriptures. So those are free for as many as we have at guest services. You're welcome. You know, you're welcome to take those. Last week, uh, we gave you a prayer guide, you know, outlines. There's still some from last week that you can have. They're out at guest services. But this week, our emphasis on being in God's word. I mean, people of God's word. So as a church, as a church, I want us to, to read together through the book of Colossians and the book of Philemon. And if you think that's intimidating, Philemon is one chapter. You can do that. Then you can go brag and go, I read a whole, ch- I read a whole book of the Bible today. You can do that. So Colossians is four chapters. Philemon is one. So I'm just asking you as a church, let's read through those New Testament books. We're going to be interactive on our social media this week because I'm going to read it. And I'm going to tell you two or three things that maybe stuck out to me. And then I'm going to go, here's what I saw. What did you see? I want to know what you see. What kind of stood out to you? How God kind of spoke to you through that particular verse. So if you've got another reading plan, I don't say, you know, ditch that. But maybe you can add another chapter. But we want to be people of the word. God speaks through his word. So Colossians and Philemon starting tomorrow. I know it's a holiday, but God still hears on a holiday too. So he still still speaks. Just wanted to mention that to you. Now we've been in a, started a new series uh, last week on prayer uh, called Can I Have an Hour to Pray? All right. And uh, if you missed last week, you can go to our YouTube uh, channel. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to uh, our, our, our podcast on iTunes and catch it. And I would love for you to do that because it's kind of foundational. And if you can't listen to the whole thing, I ask you just listen to the first 10 minutes because I just lay the foundation. I tell the story of Polycarp and where I kind of got the, the thought, can I have an hour to pray? And it's a, it's a, it's a, great, uh, it's a great story. So each week, kind of my, my uh, theme or, or, or format for this prayer series, I'm going to talk to you generally about prayer for a few moments. Then we're going to kind of walk through specific 
prayers, how to pray certain ways. And everyone should have received one of these cards. So each week you get a card that's got prayers to pray. Last week uh, we, 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 I gave you a card. There, some of those are left out. This week we're going to talk about these kind of prayers, and then I want you to pray over them. So last week we talked about praying God's will, the importance of praying God's will in our life and having God's purposes and design come about in our life. And then we talked about, you know, when you pray God's will, then all of a sudden the door shuts and we get all mad and we get all upset, but really we need to be thankful because God's answering the prayer for praying God's will. Like, for instance, God, look at the spouse that you have now. Think about the spouse that you wanted in high school and look what God gave you now, right? There needs to be waves of praise all over this sanctuary this morning. Thanking God, thanking God. I know Becky's so thankful, so thankful she didn't marry for money and, you know, she was, you know, so. Uh, and then we talked about the prayer blessing, praying the prayers of Scripture of God's favor and blessing. And let me tell you, we had church, and you didn't get to see all that I got to see up on the altar last week, but man, we had a great time because at the end of every service, we're going to have a prayer meeting. We're going to do it this morning, too. We're going to pray and believe, believe God to touch our hearts because there is no other way to get to know God and His purposes without prayer. So it's an important part. So uh, our theme, theme scripture for this, I'll just read it really quick, is, uh, is Psalms chapter 5. It's a different, ver a different verse than maybe you hear on prayer. I didn't want to just pull all the ones that we know. But it's David's heart when it comes to prayer. It says, Each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. So he's kind of giving you some insight as he's kind of preparing for his, his prayer life. So this passage shows regularity and consistency uh, when you pray. It shows reverence. He realizes he's praying to a holy God and that this is a holy moment. It shows preparation. He's giving some thought before he gets uh, in the time of prayer to to uh, to uh, pray, you know, pray to the Lord. So he's giving some thought, and he's also waiting for a response. He knows that God can speak and give guidance and direction through that. So this is just a wonderful little verse. It's a little roadmap, a prayer roadmap that just reminds us about the importance uh, about the importance of prayer. So this morning, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes on the taking advantage of the opportunities to pray, and then I'm going to give you a few prayers to pray and we're going to do that at the end. So taking advantage of our prayer opportunities because we have those throughout the week. So the first one I want to talk to you about this morning is your personal prayer time. It's your personal kind of, you know, private time with the Lord. Now, we learn about this through Jesus' invitation in Matthew chapter 6. Look what he says in Matthew 6 and verse 6. He says, but when you pray... Go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So out of that passage, we want to take advantage of prayer opportunities, our, our personal prayer time. Out of that, there's a couple of things that we can look at. Number one, 
the assumption that you're praying. He says when you pray. So he's, he's, he's structured the sentence because he's believing that people are, are wanting to pray. And he's giving some guidance to their personal prayer time. So he says, first of all, go into your room. Go into your room. Find a quiet place. Be alone with God. This is one-on-one time. He values time with you personally. He's wanting to spend time with you alone. So he, uh, be alone. When, you know, find a private place. Be alone. Focus when you get in there. Let me tell you something. If you take this into your private prayer time, you will not be focused. And everybody should say amen. Drop it off with your family. If there's any emergencies, they can come get you. We can call 911 and have them remove it from your hand if if we need to do that. But look, when we're going to pray... We need to be focused when we go in there. We don't need to have all kinds of, you know, all kinds of different distractions in our, you know, in our life because when you are focused in your prayer, you are more fruitful in your prayer, right? You ever had a prayer time where you're just kind of distracted? You can't kind of pull your mind together to kind of kind of focus. There's all kinds of other things. So we want to be alone with God. We want to be focused for that moment. If all you got is 10 minutes, then you need to focus and drill down on that 10 minutes. Okay? Uh, and then it's not about length, but it's about quality. It's not about length of time. But your focus will help bring fruitfulness to your life uh, when you do pray. Now, people go, man, I just don't have time. You just don't know how busy I am. I want to say to you, you need to make time for this. This is important stuff. You need this time that you spend privately with, with your heavenly Father. So take advantage of the particular time that you have to spend with God. Okay, Take take advantage of that. Listen, Jesus one day, Jesus had all kinds of people on the shore that they were healing and he was preaching. But do you know he left them alone? He left them on the shore and he went across so that he could pray. Okay, so listen to me. If you're one of those that go, I'm going to get all my lists done and then I'm going to pray. You'll never pray. Okay, sometimes you've got to go time out. Mom, dad's going to spend some time with Jesus. I know you're bleeding. I know you're hungry, okay? I got to go have a little time with the Lord. Remember, Jesus left some unmet needs on the shore because he realized how important his personal time in prayer was. So let's do this. And then, man, there are times that, you know, man, you're, the, the wheels are just coming off of your life. And, man, you need that time. Some of you need direction. Some of you need God's strength. Some of you, you know, need a, a fresh touch of the Lord in your life. And the Lord will give you that. But he cannot get a few moments alone with you. You will not pull yourself away so that the Lord can minister to you at all and you're you're weak and you're worn out and you don't know what's going on but you haven't really taken advantage of the private invitation that the Lord has given you to come away for a few minutes. Psalms 27. Psalms 27 has just been jumping off the page to me this week but here's this is what I love. It says look at this. My heart says of you seek his face. Your face Lord will I seek. Look at that. In my heart, he said, I got something that's kind of pulling me, something that's kind of going, hey, 
hey, come, come spend some time with him. He says, my heart is saying, come seek his face. Sometimes down in your heart, you know, you're busy, but there's just this longing. That's God going, hey, come on. Come on. Let's, let's spend some time together. Let me, let, let, let me bless you. My heart says, seek his face. And then he answers, Lord, your face will I seek. So I just want to say, man, when you approach your prayer time, you approach it as, as a holy as a holy moment. You know, you can go, I'm going to have my devotional time. I'm going to have my prayer time. How about if we structured, hey, I'm going to have an encounter with God. I'm going to have an encounter with God. I'm going to go meet with God. I'm going to go pray and believe that the God of the universe will be in full power, in full presence, right, right in my prayer room. So my question this morning, when you pray, where do you go? Where's your quiet place? Where's your quiet place? Where's the place that you kind of pull away and unplug? And when you pray, what's the best time? Your morning person, night person, what, what works for you? But his first invitation is the private prayer time. The second, taking advantage of prayer opportunities, is the prayer group. It's the prayer group, all right? Jesus had 12 disciples, but he had a little group, group of them that he prayed with, all right? So... Who's your group? Who are your people? All right, who? Are, this is not for everyone. He didn't even invite the twelve. It was a smaller group than that. It was it was people. You know, your your prayer group are people that kind of know some of your burdens and they know some things about your life and you know some things about their life and you're kind of walking life's journey together. Who's your group? Who's your people? Who? Jesus took Peter, James, and John. Who's your Peter, James, and John? Who are your three to five to, to six people that, that, that you can call on when you need to pray, you know, and, 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 and get support from each other? You know, uh, in, you, you can find people in your prayer group in church. Maybe there's a few people here. Maybe in your small group. Maybe it's not the whole group, but maybe it's two or three or four. Maybe out of your serve team. Maybe at work there's some people. Maybe out of, out of some of your neighbors and you can be active in your prayer group like, like, like all the time you can meet for coffee or, you know, maybe that's not possible. But with your prayer group, if getting together, if proximity is not possible, technology will work. Man, there's Facebook groups that you can do, messenger groups, there are text, there are text groups. But everybody needs a prayer group. Everybody needs a few people that are just kind of there with you and that you can call on them when you got a need and then they can, that they can call, they can call on you. Isn't it great to know that people are just praying for you? Man, they're just praying for you. So my group, my, my group is a, is a pastor's group. I got some friends that I've been in the ministry with a long time. And we don't, like, talk all the time. You know, maybe every couple of months we kind of, you know, chat and talk. And, uh, but we, we've been friends a long time. We're all kind of pastoring together. And, but, man, when... When tough times come, we're, we're there for each other. And we pray for each other. So I got a text that said, hey, you need to pray for. And he, and he named the, the individual's name. He says, going through a hard time. I said, okay, okay, all right. So I call him. I call him and I go, hey, man, what's, what's going on? I just, man, I just wanted to catch up. He said, I'm as depressed as I've ever been. He said, I've been in a cemetery. He said, I'm sitting in the middle of a cemetery. I've been sitting here three hours. I'm so discouraged about life and ministry. Wow. You know what? I took some time to, to talk with him. But then that, that three or four, you know, our people, man, we just started praying for him. I prayed for him over the phone. I called him back the next day, prayed for him, called him back the next day. We talked the next weekend because, listen, everybody needs a prayer group. 
Everybody needs some people that, that are close to you that you can go, hey, I'm, I'm dying here. I need a little prayer. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs that. I came over to church. I can't remember if it was if it was December 30th, 31st, something like that. I just told Becky, I said, hey, I just want to come and I just want to come pray. I just want to I just, I just start the year. I want to pray over the church, but also just pray, just pray for me. Just, just get my own personal life right, reframe myself, get my head right for the new year. And I just sat there on the front row, and I was just praying for a while. And the Lord, I just felt in my heart, have one of my friends pray for me. You know, that's kind of unusual. You know, I mean, we ask people for prayer, but usually it's when we're dying, you know, not, you know. So I just called a friend of mine. I said, listen, this may be un- unusual, kind of my group, my people. I said, I, can, can you, I said, you do, what are you doing? He said, I'm up in the attic putting up Christmas decorations. And we know, you don't stop that. You don't stop. Uh, I said, well, hey, I wouldn't ask you to stop that. I don't want a marriage issue coming out of this. I said, look, I, I think, I, I just feel like I want you to pray for me. Would you do that? He said, yeah, let me get out of the attic. About five, ten minutes later, he just calls me. I just put the phone on speakerphone. I just let him pray for me. And I just want to tell you something. I've been praying for myself. But it was just something about when somebody else was just lifting my name up before God. I just felt God's strength come into me. I felt God's presence. I'm just sitting there with the the phone listening somebody just praying, lifting me to the Lord. I've got tears dripping off my cheeks. I'm just worshiping. And after that three, four minute prayer, we said goodbye. And I want to tell you something. I felt like a new person. The prayer group is important. Having some people that kind of lift you up, that you, can, that you can call on when you're down, or they can, they can call you, and if you don't have a little group, you need to start a group. Just go, hey, man, let's just pray for each other. Let's just do it. So take advantage of your prayer opportunities. you got your private time with the Lord. you got your prayer. you got your prayer group. And the, last, the last thing I want to just mention as far as your opportunities is the church prayer meeting. The church prayer meeting. When the church comes together to pray, there's power when the church comes together to pray. It's a powerful experience when the, when the church comes together to pray. Psalms 27, look at this reflection from David. He, he, he says, if I could just have one prayer answered. He said, if I could have one prayer answered, this is it. He said, one thing I ask from the Lord. This is it. This is my, this is my one thing. And only do this I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek Him in His temple. He said, you want to answer one prayer for me, God? That the, that the rest of my life in the temple, in the church, that I could just gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. There's something about your private prayer time that's important and, and it's different in your prayer group. There's something about when the church collectively, the church collectively comes together in praise. Acts chapter 2, the church came together and prayed and the Holy Spirit fell and the new church was born on that particular day. Acts chapter 4, the church came together to pray when Peter and John were released from prison and the, the scripture says the place physically begin to shake because the church came together to pray. Acts chapter 13, the church came together to pray and the Holy Spirit started calling and sending missionaries out of that prayer meeting. Let me tell you, there's something that happens when the church collectively comes together to pray. 
C.H. Spurgeon says, The condition of the church may be very accurately gauged by its prayer meeting. So it is the prayer, so is the prayer meeting a graceometer from what we judge the amount of divine working among its people. If God be near a church, it must pray. And if he not be there, one of, uh, one of, the, one of the die first tokens of his absence will be slothfulness in prayer. Right? I don't know if you're familiar with Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York. Jim Cimbala. Man, every week the church comes together to pray collectively. Times Square Church. Carter Conlon, New York City. Their church comes together collectively to pray. James River Church, mega church in Springfield, Missouri. Five campuses. But during the week, the church, they come, they come together to pray. After this church invited me to come be a part of this congregation, the very first decision that I made was that we would take Wednesday night and we would make it a night of prayer. We'll make it a night of prayer. You know, we're, we're going to pray. Because when people pray, when God's churches pray, things, you know, things happen. And for six years on Wednesday night, we've been praying and we've been, we've been seeking God. I believe in the power of of the church prayer meeting. I believe when people come together, something happens. We see that, we see that lived out in the book of Acts. And, and I want to say too, I even count that like when the youth get together and they're praying, they pray for each other and the college students and in your small group and all of that, that's the church coming together that we are praying for God's blessing and we're praying for God's touch. I just want to Call us again through this. Man, we've got to be a church of prayer. We've got to be a church of prayer. It's got to be in our DNA. It's got to be, it's got to be in our heart. Let the church pray. Let us pray. Let us pray together. So take advantage of your prayer opportunities. So Wednesday night, we come together as a church. We pray for one hour. We sing a few worship songs. We read some scripture. And then we pray. We pray. We don't have a fancy format. We don't take an offering. We don't do video announcements. We have a very loose kind of schedule. We're just kind of flowing with the, with the Holy Spirit. But we are praying together and we're praying for each other. And I just want to say to you, taking advantage of those prayer opportunities. If you are one that has trouble with the private prayer time throughout the week, then Wednesday night can be your answer. Okay? Wednesday night can be your answer. So... Your, your private prayer time, your prayer group, and your prayer meetings. Now, let me give you a few, a few things to pray, kind of specific, specific uh, ways to pray, okay? So, here we go. First, first, way, first way is praying God's Word. Let's just do a little, little prayer study here. The first way that I want to talk about is praying God's Word, okay? Isaiah 55 says this, <clears throat> As the rain and the snow come down from heaven... <clears throat> and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that the seeds for the sower for, so so that it's so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater so so rain comes down it goes into the earth it hits the seed it waters the seed the seed comes up there's a fruit that is born from this exchange, water going into the earth, it hits the seed, the seed comes up. Let's say something like wheat is produced, that wheat is harvested, and then it becomes bread for the eater. Okay, so he's making that mental image 
first. All right, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven uh, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Then he says, using that illustration, that mental image, then he said, so is my word that goes from without my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which that I sent it. Okay, so he said in the same way that rain comes down and it hits the seed and it bears fruit. He said in the same way, it's the same thing for my word. My word is going to come down. It's going to touch a heart. It's going to, it's going to bear fruit in its life. It said my word will not return void. Can I remind you this morning that there is power in the word of God. Man, it is the God-breathed, God-inspired rule of faith for you and I. There is no substitute in the life of the believer for the word of God. There's power in this book. All right? So I should seek alignment with my prayer life in God's Word. Whenever possible, I want to seek alignment with our prayer life in God's Word. So here's what we do sometimes. I don't know about you, but like when you're kind of doing your devotion, I always read something first and then pray. Maybe that's your, you know, that's maybe that's your uh, kind of pattern. So you kind of read and then we close the Bible and then we pray. It's almost two separate entities there. But I'm just saying to you, not necessarily. Because the Holy Spirit can orchestrate what you're reading to guide your prayer life. Be very open to that. Be very open to that. So, like, in using prayer in that area. So when we read, we ask what is in this passage that I'm praying about? As I'm reading, as I'm reading, I'm looking for ways to align God's Word with my, with my prayer life. So when we read, we ask, what's in this passage that I can pray about? When we read a promise in the Bible and, tur and turn it into a prayer, we'll talk about that in just, just a second. We use a verse or a passage to shape our prayer. So we read something and go, wow, man, that's some great... That's some great things. So in my prayer time, I'm going to take that verse and I'm going to use it to kind of shape and be the foundation for my prayer. Or we add our name or turn to it in the first person, turn it to, you know, kind of in the first person. So we're taking that passage and we're making it a prayer. And I want to tell you, praying God's word is powerful. It's powerful. Delia Pogazelski's here on Wednesday night from time to time. I'll go, Delia, would you, would you lead in prayer? And I'll give her like a topic. And Delia will come. And she will almost exclusively have prayers on that particular topic, have scriptures on that particular topic, turning that, turning God's word, using what God has already said on that passage, turning it into a prayer. And I want to tell you, it is a powerful, it is a powerful way to prayer. So for instance, here's the example, Psalms 51. Psalms 51. If we're going to pray a prayer of repentance and cleansing, all right? No, no greater, I mean, it's already out there. Cleanse me and I'll be clean. We're praying this prayer. Wash me, O oh Lord, I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all of my iniquity. Create in me 
a clean heart, oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. And you could stop there and go, Lord, help me be faithful. Lord, help me. Lord, help me in this thing. Help me to be faithful to, to, to serve you. So these are kind of launch points. It's an outline. Don't cast me away from your presence. Lord, I know I've failed. But Lord, I'm asking for your presence. Lord, I need it. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me, Lord. I want your, I want your presence restored to me. The joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Lord, help me. I don't want to go. I don't want to go up and down. Lord, sustain me through this walk. There's power when you pray the word of God. There's power in that. Now, if you got your prayer guide last week, we made an addition to that, and we put 10 scriptures in the back that you can pray. They are powerful scriptures that you can pray yourself, praying the word of God. So that's one thing I wanted to mention to you this morning. The other is praying in the name of Jesus. Praying in the name of Jesus. Here's what John, the gospel of John, said about this. Listen. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask anything in my name and I will do it. You do not choose me, John 15, 16. But I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit and that fruit will last. And whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. John 16 just keeps kind of rehashing this Saying thought, barely I say to you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked anything in my name. Ask and you receive, you will receive, and your joy will be complete. So Jesus has invited us and encouraged us and even commanded us to pray in his name. And when we pray in his name, he promises incredible results. Because when we pray in the name of Jesus... We are admitting insufficiency in our own name, okay? We are admitting insufficiency in, my, in, a, in our own name. So when I pray, I come boldly because the power, the, the power of his name, okay? It's kind of like, I would use the example of uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, but that ain't working out too well right now. So it's kind of like, like Prince William and Kate Middleton. She was kind of a commoner. All right? But then all of a sudden she married into the family and she became a Windsor. And whatever was in her life now, it doesn't matter because she's got the full authority of being a Windsor and being part of being a part of the royal family. So we are admitting the insufficiency of our name. We identify when we pray in Jesus' name, with the death and the resurrection and exaltation of Jesus. When we use that name, we're going, hey, here's the name. You know, we believe in his death. We believe in his resurrection. We believe in his exaltation. That he's sitting, you know, sitting at the right hand of God. And he's making intercession for you and I. When we use his name, we are, we, we are saying that Jesus has literally given us his last name. And when I do that, I'm acknowledging his work. And the Father pays attention to my prayer. When I use the name of Jesus, it's the way that I access myself into the throne. It's my secret password. It's my secret password. We pray in his authority. When I pray in the name of Jesus, we pray in his authority. So we acknowledge 
the insufficiency of our own name. We acknowledge the work, His death, His resurrection, His exaltation. And we pray in His authority. Because when I pray, I'm not praying as Brian, the coal miner's son that comes from Pleasant Grove, Alabama. But I am praying as a sin-washed, adopted son of God. I am adopted into the family of God. I am an heir with Jesus, joint heir, and I stand as part of the family. I'm coming with a full authority as an adopted, as an adopted son. So we pray in the name of Jesus. Now here's what we do sometimes. It's just kind of a little ritual. We've forgotten what it means. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. What? Bless the works of our hand in the name of Jesus. To us, it's just kind of a little ritual. It's just kind of routine. We've, We've forgotten We've forgotten that in that name, man, there's, there's power. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power when we stand before God and we're going in the name of Jesus. Here's my needs. And the only way that I am qualified to ask you to answer those prayer is that I close this prayer in the name of the Son of God. Ephesians says we are granted access to the Heavenly Father by the name of Jesus. It's the secret password that, that we need to pray. And we just, we just kind of fly through that sometimes. But can I just remind you about power that comes through the name of Jesus. That in His name, demons were cast out. In His name, people were healed. Remember this, silver and gold, have I none? But what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. There is no other name on earth, the scripture says, whereby men can be saved, but the name of Jesus. And we know this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, will give glory to God the Father. There's power in the name of Jesus. Give Him praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't you close your prayer in the name of Jesus. Bless us in the name of Jesus. When you're, when you're at lunch today and you're in the restaurant full of people, don't you just kind of whisper through that. You stand at Hobbit before your wings and you declare, you declare in Jesus' name. We might need revival over there. Who knows? I'm just saying to you, sometimes we've forgotten It's just a little ritual, just a little something we say. And I'm just telling you, no, it's not. It's the most powerful name ever spoken. And Jesus said, when you pray, pray in my name. So don't don't forget that. Last thing, we're praying God's word. We're praying big, bold, I mean, uh, praying uh, in Jesus' name. And then we're praying big, bold prayers. We're praying big, bold prayers. We serve a big God. He works miracles in our life. He has the capacity to do miraculous things in our life. And we want to pray big, bold prayers. So we think sometimes, well, I didn't get a prayer answered, a big, bold prayer, so I'm not going to 
pray that way anymore. But you don't know. There may be a miracle in your life somewhere that you need to, that you need to pray through. There need to be maybe some more declaration in your, in your heart. We're going to believe God that he, that he answers the prayer of big, bold prayers. He says in Hebrews, come boldly to the throne. He said, when you pray, come boldly. Now I'm one of the kids. So I'm welcome in. I'm welcome in. I got the family name. I got, I'm, I'm welcome so I don't come boldly into his presence and then come timidly when I pray. I don't come boldly into his presence and then, you know, then, then kind of parse, parse my prayer down. Can I just remind you this morning that he's a God of unlimited power and unlimited miracles. Can I remind you of that? He does not ration them out. You know, like, I've only got like a hundred of these over the years, so i got to be very cautious in how I do this. You know, January, i got a full hundred. December, I can't answer a whole lot. i only got seven left. He doesn't ration out his miracles because he is a God of unlimited power. I just want to remind you that when we pray, we pray with faith. We pray big, bold, declarative prayers. Kendra was a little kid. She had asked me for a cookie, okay? I can answer the prayer of the cookie, all right? And I'm such a good dad, I'll give her a cookie, and I'll get one for myself and eat one with her, all right? But she's gone from cookies to cars now, all right? And she's at the limit of my resource. I'm the cookie-answering dad. The car, the car is beyond me, okay? Can I just remind you today, okay? There is no prayer that you can pray that God cannot answer, okay? Can I just remind you of that? Look at 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, look at this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will... He hears us, and we know that He hears us whatever, we know that He hears us whatever we ask, we know that we will have because we've asked of Him. Now let me just say, the first part of that is praying in His will. So if your big, bold prayer always involves a BMW, you may have a problem from the very beginning, okay? Big, bold prayers doesn't mean foolish prayers or selfish prayers, but we're praying we're praying, in, we're praying in God's will, but he says, this is the confidence that I have. He said, I got, I got confidence. I'm, I'm, I'm walking in there. He's a big God. He's a big God. I feel like what I'm asking is in the, in the will of God, and I'm going to come with confidence, and I'm going to come with boldness and pray. Brent, worship team, you guys can come. Mark Batterson says, bold prayers honor God. And God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or your boldest prayers. He is offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they are insulting to God. Don't be afraid to pray your dream. Don't be afraid to pray something in the depths of your heart. Don't be afraid to, to pray a big, bold prayer audacious prayer. 
Jesus said this. Truly, I tell you, if you had the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. He said that in Matthew 17. He didn't really feel like they got it, so he repeated it in Matthew 21. I tell you the truth. If you have faith and doubt not, only, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. He's inviting you of, of a person with just a little faith to pray big, bold prayers. And he's using a visual image here of a mountain. A mountain is so big. Sometimes you cannot see the sun, the mountain that's on the horizon. It's so big and intimidating. You can't see past it. The mountain that, 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 that keeps us from seeing, you know, clearly in our life. He's inviting us. He's giving us this mental image that you can say to this big mountain, be removed. And he said, it will be removed because of your small faith. Big, bold prayers. Big, well, I prayed something that didn't get answered. So, you going to stop forever? No. I'm going to keep declaring. I'm going to keep decreeing. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing in mountain moving faith. Because what's the, what's, the, what's the opposite? But every morning I get up and I see that mountain there. Some of you become so adjusted to the mountain in your life, you don't even speak to it anymore. Don't even declare it anymore. Don't even, don't even pray for it to be removed anymore. Big, bold prayers. A woman came to Jesus. She was Canaanite. She wasn't even Jewish. She said, my, my daughter is suffering. Hey, because like when your kids are sick, is there anything that kind of gets the attention of a parent? You know, like not a little fever and not a little sniffle. Like when your kids are sick, like really, really sick, you're not sure, you know, about their health. She saw her daughter, she's suffering. Then it got it. She she did something that was unaccustomed to her. This Canaanite woman. She goes and finds Jesus. She's not even really, I don't guess, a follower. But you know, sometimes the situation requires great boldness. Sometimes the situation pushes you to stand in a way that maybe you wouldn't normally stand. Sometimes there's a situation that forces you to call out to God. Maybe, well, that's something you've never done before. Maybe when your kids are suffering, just say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Like, like me personally, Lord, I want you to have mercy on me. Number one, my daughter's suffering. say anything. He's just sitting there. He doesn't respond. He's quiet. You ever been through that? When you prayed a bold prayer, you haven't heard anything. She said, hey, would you, my, my daughter's suffering. And he said, well, look, I'm sent to the people of Israel. I'm sent to the people of the, the Jewish people. You're not even one of those. 
she said. Yeah, but my daughter's suffering. Third time. Third time. Bold prayers. Bold faith. Her daughter's suffering. It says, wow. You know? But I've not even sent to you. And he uses a term that sounds worse in this day and age, but he said, you know, like, I haven't been sent to the, the dogs. That's a, that was a common kind of phrase to speak of non-Jewish people. So he said, I haven't been sent to the, to the dogs. And she said, but even the dogs get the scraps that come off the table. Bold prayers. She's pushing. She's pushing. He's quiet. She kept pushing. She got an answer. She she didn't even understand. She kept pushing. Even the dogs get the crumbs that fall off the table. And our Lord said, wow. I've never seen such great faith in all of Israel. Go home, your daughter's healed. Big, bold, audacious about the theology. There are times things don't get answered. We work through that kind of stuff later. But that does not need to mean that I never ever will pray or believe again in a big, bold, audacious prayer. Okay? I want to tell you. I want to tell you. You declare. You believe. Because I think there can be a miracle in your midst. Praying God's word. Praying in the name of Jesus. And praying big, big, bold prayers. Worship team comes just a second. I want to just say, maybe you're here today, not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're away from God. You might be kind of like that Canaanite woman. She wasn't really theologically, you know, like a follower of Jesus, but yet there were these spiritual needs in her life that made her kind of look more broadly than she would normally look. And maybe that's you. I want to invite you this morning to be a follower of Jesus. We talk about prayer biggest prayer, the best prayer, the boldest prayer is the sinner's prayer. I want you to, we're going to put it up on the screen. Yeah, I want you to see, see this prayer. Is that you this morning? You're away from God? Just right now, I just want you to read that prayer. I want you to pray that prayer. Away from God. Disappointed God. Maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. Pray that prayer. Just whisper it to yourself. God hears. That's the best prayer ever. Just, just pray that prayer. Just call out to Him. Away from God, your prodigal. Read that prayer. Pray that prayer. God will do something in your life. That's the best prayer. That's the best prayer. That's the best prayer. Pray that prayer. Come on, just another moment. Pray that prayer. You away from God. Never been really been a follower of Jesus. There's your prayer. Big bold prayers. That's the best one. That's the boldest prayer of all. Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, save me. Save me. That's the best prayer. I want you to stand. I want you to stand. If you prayed that prayer, read that prayer after church, come see me. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. All right, so here's our prayer meeting this morning. If you've got a big bold prayer, something you've been praying over, I want you to come down the front. I want you to come down. Something you're praying over. Big, bold, audacious prayer. Come stand out the front. Come stand out the front. 
front. Just line up across the front. Line up across the front. Something you're praying for, something you're believing for, something you've been standing for. Come, come stand down at the front. Come on. There are others. Come on down. Come on down. This is your moment. If you got some of your people here, come stand with us. Some of your little group, some, some folks you know are kind of kind of kind of got you, got you back in prayer. Come on, come on down. You're standing, you believe it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on down. Big, bold, audacious prayers. That's what we're doing today. Serve a big God. Serve a big God. Come on down. If you know some of these, come stand. Got some of your people. Get a little prayer support here. All right. All right. Anybody else? You don't have to come down because we're going to pray. We're going to pray in the name of Jesus. We're going we're gonna to pray big, bold, audacious prayers this morning. Not because it's my thought. At the invitation of the Lord. All right? You ready? Let's turn this place into a prayer meeting this morning. You ready? We're sending a little prayer pep rally this morning. We want to pray. We're going to start calling out on God. If you're up here, I want you to lift your voice. I want you to call out on the Lord. So, Lord Jesus, we come before you today. Lord, we come as a church body. Lord, today, Lord, we come at your invitation. Today, we come at your invitation. Lord, to boldly come and stand in your presence. And Lord, we come in your presence today only because of the work and the person of Jesus. So Lord, as we stand today, as we offer this prayer today, we come in the insufficiency of our own name. Our own name will not give access to you, but we come in the name of Jesus. Lord, with that name this morning, Lord, we acknowledge the death of Jesus. We acknowledge the resurrection of Jesus. We acknowledge the exaltation of Jesus, that he's at the right hand of the Father this morning and he's praying for us. Lord, we use that name this morning and we stand not in our authority today, but we stand in authority given to us by the Son of God. We stand as a sin-washed child of God, adopted in the family this morning. So, Lord, we come before you today and we have big, bold, audacious prayers. This morning, we're speaking to mountains today. This morning, we're saying to that mountain, be gone in the name of Jesus. Lord, you tell us to do that. So, Lord, we come today and we pray big, bold prayers. We don't do it within ourselves this morning. But, Lord, we come in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Would you say that this morning? In the name of Jesus. We come in the name of Jesus this morning. Acknowledging our insufficiency. Depending upon access that only comes through his exaltation. Lord, Lord, coming in the full authority of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus this morning. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.